8223 The best will pick up that double pass. Now, we're blessed here in South Australia, of course, aren't we, with uh, uh, some of the freshest, tastiest and safest food in the world. So it's a tad surprising that, get this, more than 5 million Australians get about a food poisoning each year. Now, if that's you, you no doubt know what I'm talking about. It's not very pleasant. You'll be going for both ends <laughs> over a number of days. The good news is, though, in most cases, it is preventable through good hygiene and safe handling practices. So I thought we'd uh, get some advice from an expert in this field. So it's a very good afternoon to Dr Faye Jenkins, who is the director of SA Health's Food and Controlled Drugs Branch. She joins us again. Hi there. Hello. How are you, Faith? I'm well, thank you. Time in your life you'd like to relive? My wedding. Your w- oh, <laughs> get out the violin. Yeah. <laughs> You're the first one to nominate that. Oh, I'm quite surprised, actually. Yeah, so it, am I. I thought that'd be the first one. great party. It's probably one of the times in your life that you have everybody you love and care about in one place. And it went well? Yeah, and it was in Wales. Mm. So we had people come from Australia. Um, people from the US, people from Europe. Lovely, um, lovely. Yeah, and it was just, yeah, as I say, the time you have everybody you love in one place. All right, you go on the list for the nomination for those <laughs> tickets. Hey, now listen, we're going to talk about uh, food safety because, as I said, five million people get uh, food poisoning each year, which staggered me. I, I, that's an awful lot, isn't it? Well, it is, particularly, as you said, when it's preventable. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's why we always take an opportunity to come and talk to you now about how people can stop it happening to them or mm. to their families. Mm. But, yeah, people are surprised. What does your department do? What's your, what's, what role does, do, do you play? So we, my team, protect the public, basically. Yep, yep. So we have food law, um, and our role is to go out and make sure that um, businesses are complying with the law. Uh, we have laws around food safety. We have laws around labelling. Um, so we actually go out um, and, and look at that. Councils play a big role in South Australia, so mm-hmm. we provide a lot of advice to councils and education. And, um, you know, you've got a number of councils in South Australia, so I'll try and make them as consistent as possible because we have businesses that spread across the state and they want it to be treated the same wherever they are. Um, obviously, then we develop the law as well. Um, we're part of a national system because, right. again, mm. if you're a Woolworth in South Australia, you want to be treated the same as a Woolworth in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of work nationally to make sure all the councils and all the states are actually doing it consistently. So where's the delineation between your department and st- and uh, the local councils? Because mostly when we read in the paper that someone's been charged, it's the council actually bringing the, that charge. Yes, for the food safety aspect. So we have food safety standards that are national that every food business has to comply with. In South Australia it's the councils on the day-to-day basis go out and look at the restaurants right, and the cafes yep. and the They do the inspections. Mm. They do the inspections and obviously if they see something a bit unusual or there's something, you know, a bit technically difficult, they ask for our advice and we provide them guidelines and help about how they do that. Um, and then in South Australia we do labelling. Right, okay. Um, and mm-hmm. there is a part of the state, a very large geographical part of the state that doesn't have councils. So there's a team of people from the health department that actually go up and do all this. Right. Not just food, but they do, you know, water safety and all those sorts of mm. things um, because councils are not there. Okay, and controlled drugs uh, are also under your domain, are Yes, they? Uh, only a specific sort of drug. They're... they're um, I don't know if you're aware, but our drugs are classified into different schedules um, from S1 up to S9. So the higher the S number, the more serious the drug and the more the control is. And then, of course, you have your illicits. 
which are banned. Mm -hmm. So the drugs we look after are, are what we call S8s. And before... So they're pretty high. Yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. And there's, a lot of them are pain control medications. Um, and unfortunately, people can get hooked on them. Mm. Um, and because, the, you know, they, they have a, a high value, um, people do things to try and divert them and get them illegally. So basically, if a, a GP wants to prescribe somebody one of these drugs for more than two weeks, unless the person's over 70, then they have to get an authority from the health department to do okay. so. Okay, right. So we have right. a bunch of pharmacists that mm -hmm. get the calls from the doctors and the applications and they work through it. And, and sometimes we have to work with pain specialists about, you know, whether this drug should be given to that person for a length of time. And then they, the, the GP gets an authority. So it's a very broad portfolio. Mm -hmm. that, that you have. All right, let's talk about food. And, uh, and uh, look, uh, Faye's happy to uh, take any questions. If you've got any questions about uh, any issues to do with food, 8223 What's the, the, the most common source of uh, um, uh, food poisoning? Raw egg products. Raw eggs. What a surprise. <laughs> what a surprise. Um, eggs are fantastic. They're cheap, they're easy to use, they're versatile and they're very nutritious. But if you don't handle them safely mm. when they're raw and, and products from them they can be quite dangerous they can have salmonella in um and we often show pictures to people of have you seen where an egg comes from it actually comes out of a chuck's bum <laughs> you know yep so yep. if if eggs are cracked then if there's salmonella in the environment or in the chuck then if the salmonella gets inside the egg mm -hmm. then it can grow because it's a nice environment inside inside the egg um or if they can be, um, if eggs are dirty, so if you've got chuck poo on the outside of mm -hmm. the egg, you can get the salmonella in it. So you've got to handle eggs properly. You shouldn't buy cracked or dirty eggs. In fact, it's against the law for anybody to sell cracked and dirty eggs, obviously. To sell dirty eggs? Yeah, right? cracked and dirty yeah. because of the risk of the salmonella yeah. on, mm. on them. So, you know, when people think they like, to have eggs that have got poo on them and chuck the feathers, the, the natural, natural egg, yeah. mm, not necessarily mm. very safe. Mm. Um, so then if you go and crack that egg and if it's got salmonella in or it's got it on the shell, then if you don't then use that raw egg product quickly and if you don't store it safely, then the salmonella grows and gets out of control and it makes, can make people very safe. So if I do have one of those eggs and crack it, can I see that, that it's infected? No. no. So it is an invisible... Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's, the, that's thing the problem, that pe isn't it? Yeah, yeah, people think that these bacteria, I call them, I'll call them bugs, yeah. um, that make us sick, that you can smell that the food's off or you can see it. No, you can't. Um, we do have bacteria that actually make your food go off. They're, they're spoilish bacteria mm. and you can't smell them, but often, well, most of the time, they are not the bacteria that make us sick. The back is mostly. Yeah. Is it true or is it a myth that I shouldn't wash my eggs? Oh, please don't wash your eggs. Mm. No, oh, please. No, yeah. no mm. because... Um, I think a lot of people wash yeah, their eggs. Yeah, because eggs are washed commercially, um, but if you do it incorrectly, you will make it even worse because eggshells can be porous mm. and if you don't wash them properly and you don't dry them properly then anything on the external side of the egg can get sucked sucked in. see i was i was listening one other time we were talking Faye. <laughs> you gave us that advice uh, quite some time ago yeah. and uh, it stuck with me because i think a lot of people do wash their eggs they'd like them to look uh, you know they're going to have them hard boiled or, or something for breakfast they like them to look uh, presentable Last mm. thing you should be doing. No. Yeah. Eight double two three double O double O is the number. Father Joan is back in Hi, town. Hello, Father Joan. How are you? Welcome home. 
for Thank the, you. For those it's who don't kind know, of hot here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we're in a heat wave. For those who don't know, Father Joan has been in Toronto. Uh, freezing, haven't you? Minus thirty. Minus thirty. You've sent a couple of That's lovely photos in. A couple of lovely photos in of uh, the five double A logo in the in the in the uh, the snow. <laughs> that was very yeah, good. Yeah, I was thinking of you. Um, <laughs> one, uh, I continued. I have a little um, fetish about food being left on counters at, at rest uh, coffee shops, restaurants, yeah. mm. bars, whatever. And but the new thing is to have things on board. Um, food on boards like donuts or biscuits or muffins or cakes or whatever, right next to the cashier. So everybody lining up is breathing over them. And um, I always ask them if they could cover them. And um, sometimes they say no. And then I take a photograph, send it to the local council. Every time I've gone back and they've been covered. So the council are very good. Oh, okay. hmm. but, but what is this fetish about having to have food so you could smell it right if you'll you'll notice that it's kind of in a lot of the sort of more posh type cafes they had the food uncovered right next to the cashier so everyone mm. lining up is breathing on it and the same happened in canada they had salad bars but on the little ledge between you and the salad bar they had extra bowls and i said to them do you not remember the SARS virus when many people died mm. and they said oh we are allowed to have salads out of the fridge for at hours, yeah, but not with everybody breathing over mm. them. So I'm just what you're Yeah, very, about. very good point. Uh, I mean, it's, that's that's a balance between the marketing of trying to get people to buy and the safety, isn't it, Faye? Yeah, and um, food should be um, treated or stored in a way that you um, reduce the possibility of contamination. Um, so, yeah, but it is. It's, it's these... So people breathing on them, on, on that food, is not a good look, is it? No, it, it, it's... We have this term we call the yuck factor. <laughs> yeah. And, and things like that, are, you know, they may not necessarily make the food unsafe because it depends on the type of food. If you've got a, a, a cake that hasn't got any cream in, um, then it's not what we would consider often a, a high-risk food. Um, so if you do get bugs on them, they're not necessarily going to grow. Right. But it's still that yuck factor mm. of, 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 obviously, the lady who just spoke to us found it quite offensive. Mm. So should they be covering them up? Foods must be protected from the possibility okay. of contamination. So Father Jones has been, as she said, sending mm. those photos off to the council. The yeah. council's obviously acting on yes, that. Yes, they yeah. are. Yeah. So the, well, well, well done, Father Jones. Yes, uh, good to hear. Lee is a prospect. Hi, Lee. Yeah, hi, Alan. Hi, Dr. Faye. Um, just oh. a question regarding mushrooms. I've got friends that don't wash mushrooms, but I always wash my mushrooms. I just wondered, should we be washing them? Um, you don't need to. Um, oh, really? Because they're grown in compost, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you can wipe them over if you've, you yeah. know, you've got a bit of a, a kitchen roll or something like that. Um, you don't have to. If you want to wash them, feel free. Right. Um, but it's it, it's not a it's not a must. Oh, right. It's whatever thank makes you. you comfortable, really. Oh, thank, thank you very much. I was just, I've always had this um, thing about them sitting in whatever they're growing in. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, good question, Lee. I, I grew up in the country and we used to go mushrooming at, uh, you know, those certain uh, uh, seasons in the paddocks. The cow paddocks. And, yeah, <laughs> you know where they grew the best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> On the cow Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, good, good. We, in fact, in those days when I was a kid, we used to peel the mushrooms. Was yep. that just being us being strange some people do because they find the skin a bit tough and not not very pleasant so if, again it's personal yeah but it's, but, but it's not uh, it's oh. not uh, essential no. okay uh david is at mount barker hi david oh sorry uh, hi, hi david yeah how are you good look 
question. My wife works uh, or volunteers in the CFS, and she comes home and she tells me that, that the fellas there that do the volunteer barbecues have to do a food handling safety course. Now, I, I get that. That's fine. But they've got to cough up to, I think it's the council, 50 bucks or more to do this course. I think that sucks that these volunteers Take take the next step, David. Uh, I wonder whether uh, all the volunteers at all the Bunnings outlets every weekend also have to, to do the same course. They probably do. I yeah, don't, yeah. don't know about that, but certainly your CFS guys, these, these guys are, and girls are out there helping mm. their time. Uh, I just think that's the council, the, I think it's the council putting a hand out for this, but that's greedy. Faye, do you know whether... They have to do that course? Yeah, they, they, if you're going to sell food, regardless if it's for charity, you have to understand yeah. food safety. And obviously the food you're handling depends on how much you need to know. Um, a lot of the councils do do training, I, and I don't know that they all charge. Right, So okay. it'll be a council council to council policy right. about whether they charge for this sort of So that's not a state legislation as far as... A yeah, payment? Yeah, no. Yeah. No. no. No, OK. That's but it. if you're going to handle food, even if it's making money for charity, you have to understand the risks of what you're doing and how to manage those risks. There you go, David. It might be something to take up uh, with the local council because I'm a bit with you. $50 is an awful lot to be paying too for <laughs> a volunteer. Jeff's at Greenwith. Hi, Jeff. I have a quick question. I regularly go to a fruit and veg shop because it's quite cheap located in Salisbury and um, obviously a lot of people go there and a lot of people, I'm guessing, would handle the fruit because a lot of people pick over it and um, is there a proper way to wash it when you get it home because my wife just puts it in the sink and fills it up with water and it's washed. I mean, is there a proper way to wash these type of things? um, Again, not everybody will wash their fruit or veg as a personal choice. Um, just some warmish water. Obviously, there are, there are some fruits that you can peel. Mm. So if you're unhappy about people handling, you can peel those fruits. But um, just warmish water. All right. Because you obviously go. you're not going to put soap in no, your water no, in, in because water. you'll get soapy fruits. So he, Jeff's saying his wife just normally puts it in a, in a, in a sink of uh, water. That's That's mm. enough. Yeah. Yeah. But right, again, good. not everybody does that. No, but it, no. it's personal choice. If people want to wash their fruit and veg, then... I must admit, I don't. No, I don't either. I don't either. No, no. no. Uh, 822 00, uh, Dr Faye Jenkins is with us uh, from SA Health Food and Control Drugs Branch. Any questions about uh, food uh, and keeping it uh, safe? Give us a call. Did you know the skin is the body's largest organ? So, love the skin you're in with Healthy Care Grapeseed Extract from Chemist Warehouse. Grapeseed Extract may help to reduce free radical cell damage and could also assist in improving blood circulation. Important for healthy skin. Buy Healthy Care Grapeseed Extract 12,100 capsules for just $25.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Always read the label used only as directed. Chemist Warehouse. Lowest prices guaranteed. You know how they say a penny saved is a penny earned? Well, we just had a garage sale and one young bloke paid 60 bucks for my old typewriter. (laughs) His idea of saving is a little different to mine. You're even smarter with your money these days. If you take out Apia Home and Car Insurance, you'll get 10% off both. We're Australia's leading over 50s insurance specialist. It's time to switch to Apia. Terms and conditions apply. Apia is an authorised representative of AI Limited, the product issuer. Consider the PDS before buying and whether it's right for you. Call 135050 for a copy. Do you manage your own rental property? Do you need a bit of assistance from time to time? 
We hear you. At Toop and Toop, we're opening up our expertise as Australia's number one real estate agency, giving you the freedom to pick and choose property management services as you need them. Introducing Toop Assist. Set and forget by using our full level service for property management or just get assistance as you need. It's your choice. Go to assist.toop.com.au. That's assist.toop.com.au. My great-grandma worked as a nurse during World War II. After the war, she wanted to spend her life caring for older people, and that's when she started St Louis. Today, my dad is proud to carry out her legacy through St Louis Home Care, which is just a way our South Australian family can help take care of yours. Cleaning, gardening, cooking, nursing and personal care. In fact, any care your family needs, it would be our family's pleasure to provide. Google St Louis Home Care to find out how our family can help take care of yours. New Age Caravans have our largest display ever at this year's Caravan and Camping Sale, 13th to 17th of February at Adelaide Showground. With new release models on display never seen before, including the Walkinshaw design chassis exclusive to New Age. Don't forget to snap up a Big Four Caravan Park membership on your 2019 plated New Age Caravan. New Age Caravans Marquee Site, 13th to 17th of Feb, Adelaide Caravan and Camping Sale, Adelaide Showgrounds. Hey, here's something you should know. If you have shaman shelving in your business, you're more likely to make South Australians happier. Charmin is born and bred here, in Windsor Gardens. It's made of Aussie steel, so it'll last. And it's creating jobs that'll last. You'll find Charmin benches and shells in the workshops of great SA businesses, like Puritap and Mawson Lakes Mazda. No matter what the fit-out, if it's not Charmin in your workshop, well, you've got to ask yourself, is it really a workshop? Charminshelving.com.au Macular degeneration is Australia's leading cause of blindness. If you're over 50, have an eye test and macular check. Early detection is vital. You can have the very early signs without even knowing. Information, guidance and support is only a phone call away. Call the Macular Disease Foundation on 1800-111-709 for a free macular degeneration information kit. In Adelaide and across South Australia, this is Alan Hickey. Scrape your caravan, Walker Crash Caravan Repairs. Easy insurance repairs, fast. Seven minutes away from uh, two o'clock, we have a special guest with us, Dr Faye Jenkins, who's the director of SA Health's Food and Control Drugs Branch. We're talking about keeping food uh, safe so we don't get ill, basically. That's uh, the the message we're talking about today, 8223 if you've got any questions. Um, uh, just how serious can food poisoning be? Uh, we, we've, we've already said five million Australians get it each year, but some of it can be pretty, well, some of it could be life-threatening, can't it? Yes, um, from just a little bit of a dicky tummy right through to listeria. Um, people getting listeria is very rare, but it can be absolutely ca- catastrophic. Um, vulnerable people, um, pregnant women lo- can lose babies, right. um, and old older people um, can die. Mm. So, what 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 do we do to avoid listeria? How do we, how do, how does that travel? Can I just say first, Alan, mm-hmm. if you don't mm-hmm. mind, that um, we did some research last year and we found that one in three Australians are actually at risk, but they don't know that they are. So that that's that we were quite... Of listeria? Uh, yeah, oh. that they're at... Because they, they are vulnerable in some way, yeah. they are 
they are at risk of eating certain foods, of getting listeria, but they don't know they're at risk. So that, that's why we've started to raise um, people's knowledge okay. about the risk of listeria. Okay, How, if I'm in that group, what, what, what's, paint the picture for me. Just there are certain foods to avoid. Such as? Um, Ready-to-eat meats. So hams and um, cooked chicken or um, metwurst and things like that. If they're sliced and you buy them either in a supermarket or in a sandwich or anything, mm. those are at high risk. Um, we do say to people, if you actually get a piece of ham and you cook it yourself and you eat it quickly, well, that's fine. That's good. Or okay. a chicken breast and mm. you cook it. But, you know, you've got to cook it, eat it, store it properly. But in buying it in supermarkets and bu buying it in sandwiches is a no-no. Soft and semi-soft cheeses and ripened cheeses like breeze and camembert, ricotta, feta, soft-serve ice cream, smoked salmon. And the issue we had last year with the rock melons rock melons, was course, buying pre-cut fruit and vegetables. Because listeria is very ubiquitous. Ubiquit well, I can't say it. It's common in the environment. Mm, mm. Um, so it's not unusual that you might get it on some so of these things. So what puts me in that high-risk group then? Okay, so pregnant women... Uh, people who have underlying health conditions, such as diabetes or kidney disease, pe older people, mm -hmm. people taking some medications and people that have had organ transplants. Okay. All right. Well, diabetes and uh, and uh, kidney conditions, that's a lot of people. Mm. There, but there, there are some workarounds. You know, if you put put some of... Um, if you want some, some ham or some of those sort of cold meats, put in a pizza, cook it. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, smoke yeah. salmon, put it through um, scrambled eggs. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you so cook you warm it. it. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. Or, or if you do want uh, the chicken in a sandwich, cook the chicken breast yourself. Yes, okay. Yeah, all right. Another interesting point is, um, and we were talking about this last week, uh, what we should be putting in our kids' lunchboxes. Yes. Now, it's, it's a very mild day today. It's 25 degrees out there. We're going to get uh, more days coming up next week in the high 30s. What should we be putting in the kids' lunchboxes that we know is safe? When it's really hot and in you know, summer, we recommend uh, things like processed cheeses, canned tuna, sandwich spreads like Vegemite. Mm -hmm. um, we know that there are a lot of parents... Or there is an increasing number of parents that are doing things like putting sushi mm. in your child's lunchbox, in their child's lunchbox. Obviously, there's risk there with, with the rice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are not being stored appropriately. There's lots of little tips that you can do, though. Um, the sorts of things we advise is um, put a water bottle in the freezer, mm. put pop it in the lunchbox, so by the time your child is ready, you know, that you take your lunchbox to school, by the time the ch child is ready, the water will have... Will have defrosted, mm -hmm. but in the meantime, it's kept kept the yeah. food cold. Yeah. Mm. So there are little tips and tricks like that that you can do. And it's basically common sense, isn't it? And yeah. that comes down to the underlining message of all this. It all is all common sense. Yeah. Being careful with with our food. Just that, think about it. Yeah. Plan. Yeah. Don't know what it says about us when we were being brought up, uh, you know, with our with our uh, bottles of uh, milk. <laughs> that have been sitting in the 40 degrees sun all day and you'd uh, knock the bottle off and still drink it, even though it was sour. Um, and finally, what about doggy bags in, in, in restaurants? Are they... What's, what's the rules about that? They are not... They are not prohibited. Right, OK. So people can 
have doggy bags. Well, you've paid for it, mm. you know. It is your, it's it your, is your food, after all, yeah. Yeah, so we, we have, um, some years ago, we got, um, well, we became aware that there are some restaurants that were saying no to doggy bags, and I think it's because they are worried that somebody is going to take something home, leave it in the back of the car for mm. two days at 40 degrees, then eat it, become sick and blame the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So it's about, you can understand that they're concerned about that, but so what we did, and um, we provide doggy bag stickers that the councils, we, we make them up, we send them to the councils and councils provide them to the councils. And it, the words are, too good to leave behind. And it has instructions about put your leftovers in the fridge and eat as soon as possible. Right, and that goes on the doggy bag. They're on, they're yeah. on, yeah, they're yeah. on the stickers and you can just put the sticker on the doggy bag, okay. on the container yeah. or whatever it is, mm, yeah. Mm. First sign of... Um, food poisoning is it just feeling a bit crook and uh, throwing up or the other end or it is it separate for everyone they with with listeria we talked about they flu like sy- symptoms oh okay yeah. some of it is diarrhea some of it is vomiting so it very much depends on on the bacteria and what if i have those signs what should i do should i get straight to the doctor go to the doctor and if you have the ability to do it when you go already take a pool sample you know, if you've got a container or something and you take take a sample mm. um, and then that would the doctor would take that to the lab or if you don't have the wherewithal to do it before you go, you could ask your doctor for a pot, yep. go home and then take it back mm-hmm. because that's the only way we can actually try and find a cause. So it's got to be a stool sample, not a urine sample? Yeah, a stool sample. Stool sample. As okay. I say, poo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I prefer your poo. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, OK, that's, that's a bit unfortunate that a, the urine sample is not as no. easy. <laughs> not, not, not acceptable. Um, all right, well, listen, uh, great advice. Um, and uh, the underlining message is be careful. Just be sensible yeah, about things, yeah? maybe just stop and think. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Excellent. Uh, Good to see you. Dr Faye Jenkins, uh, the Director of uh, SA Health Food and Control of Drugs Branch. Thank you. Eat safely. And uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, Stick around after the break.